Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. We're going to get into, into today's message. So we've been doing a series called Shift, all right? And we've been talking about the different shifts that we need to make in our lives in order to align ourselves to the way that God thinks and the way that God has called us to do things. Now, today I'm going to tie that into being Father's Day. You know, because today is a very special day as we celebrate the fathers. And I think that one of the shifts that we need to do is the way that sometimes this world looks into fatherhood. I think that a lot of times this world has a different concept or a wrong concept of what fatherhood is all about. And here at NUMA, we believe in raising up a godly man. Here at NUMA, we believe in raising up a godly father. I am proud of all my men. I'm proud of all the dads that are part of this family that walk with the Lord in a special way. Manny, I want to honor you here today, Papi, for the job that you're doing with your children, with that big young man. I thought it was a bodyguard that you had next to you. But it's Jeremiah. I love you guys, Papi. I bless you today on this Father's Day. So all my men, I'm so proud of you. And there's some pictures that I got. Because, you know, we're always talking about the dads, you know, and the kind of job that they do, you know, as fathers. And that the moms do a job, a better job. And that the dads are a little bit distracted and everything. So during the year, I start saving some of these pictures. And I have a file that I call it extra stuff. And I just start throwing things on that file. And then when days like this come, I'm like, let me see what I got in there. And there's a couple of pictures. Look at this. Mom's morning versus dad's morning. Look at the mom. Me drinking my coffee in the morning. Meanwhile, on the other couch. Look at the dad just there hanging out and chill. Look at this one. Dad's day off. And look at the mom's day off. All right. That doesn't happen here. Okay. This is what the kids, okay, what they say to mom. I'm hungry. I'm cold. I'm hot. Can I have? I want to watch all these things. And to dad, where's mom? That's what they want to find out. Where's mom? All right. When dad takes a nap and then when mom takes a nap, what's that sound? Is someone crying? Are they murdering each other out there? You know, a little different. Okay, what dad sees when he uses the bathroom, the dad's on the phone, what mom sees when she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> the ones that are not dads and are looking at this and like, is this for real? This is for real, guys, all right? Okay, when mom is alone with the baby, oh, it's all nice and cuddly. And then when dad is alone with the baby, look what's happening to that poor little baby there. We got one more. Okay, dads tend to embrace free-range parenting. Look at the mom and look at these dads. It looks like they just went hunting and they got their babies, you know? Oh, we got... Moms never get alone time. Anytime I try to do anything, you got the kids in the bathroom. Now, meanwhile, in the living room, and the dad's just hanging out, reading his book. All right. That's right. <laughs> so we laugh a little bit and we think about, about these things. But I want to say something this morning. Dads, fathers are a gift from God. Dads are a gift from God. Dads are supposed to provide protection. 
They're supposed to provide guidance. They're supposed to provide for the home. They're supposed to be that image of God the Father within the home. And I want to say something. I really believe that this is a season and a time where God wants to raise up good fathers. I don't know how many of you guys believe that this morning, but I want to prophesy in this room and to those people. God wants to raise up good fathers in these times that we're living. And we're going to be working towards that, to raising up good fathers. We need good fathers in the natural and we need good fathers in the spiritual as well. And today I'm going to share with you a little bit, you know, about what being a good father is all about. And I want you guys not to check out if you're not a father. Maybe you're a child in this room, a teenager. Maybe, you know, you're not a dad or maybe you're a mom and you're like, this is not for me. I want to tell you something and I want you to discern this in the spirit. All right. God wants to manifest his spirit of fatherhood through us here on earth. I want that to sink in. This is not a male or female issue. This has to do with God, the Father, wanting to manifest who He is here on earth. And He's looking for people that are available, that will manifest who He is. Now, of course, when you're a father, there's no greater privilege that God the Father has shared with anybody than with the dads. Because we get to do a little bit of what He does. And that's amazing. It blows my mind to think that when I'm at home, I'm with my kids, I'm speaking to them, I'm praying over them, I'm correcting them, I'm doing what He does in my life. And it's such an honor and it's such a privilege. So today's message, I've titled it, The Good Fathers We All Need. The Good Fathers We All Need. And I'm going to ask a funny question, all right? Okay, how many have fathers in this room? Raise your hand. You have a father. Okay, nobody came from a spaceship, right? None of you guys, Mork and Mindy back in the 70s, all right? All of you guys have fathers. Now, some of them did a good job. Others maybe didn't do that good of a job, but we all have dads, all right? How many of us have a good relationship with our father? Raise your hand. Good relationship. Good relationship with your dad. A so-so relationship with your dad. So-so. A bad relationship or not existent. You've had a non-existent or bad relationship. Thank you for your honesty, guys. I really appreciate that. All right? How many of you guys could say that your father has been an example of a godly father at home? Anybody? That your dad has been an example of a godly father at home. Okay? How many are fathers here in the room this morning? All the dads. All right. I want to say that being a husband and being a father might be the most important role that the ones that, you know, we just raised our hands that, that we have here uh, on earth. And as I jump into this message today, I want to use a verse from Scripture from the life of King David. Now, King David in the Bible is known as a man after God's own heart. He's known as a warrior. He's known as a poet. He wrote almost half of the Psalms. We, we see him as a king. We see him do many things. King David was also a father. And in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, there's a portion of Scripture here that I want us to look into this morning. 
And this is a time where David is old, the kingdom is transitioning, and, and, and look at what's going on in this, in this Bible verse. It says, about that time, David's son, Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, began boasting. What did this kid start doing? He started to boast. I will make myself king. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and recruited 50 men to run in front of him. What that means is that he was getting a campaign party, all right, around him to declare himself king. Now pay attention to this part of the scripture, very important. It says, now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, why are you doing that? Adonijah had been born next after Absalom and was very handsome. Now, you look at that scripture and you're like, okay, pastor, what, what, what do you see here? Well, I see a lot, actually. You see, I just said that King David was a mighty man, a man of God, a mighty warrior, a, you know, composer of psalms, all these things. But David was a terrible father. David was a terrible father. You see, David had many wives. He was the king. And back in those days, you were the king. All the eyes were on you. You know, he had many wives and he had many children with many of those wives. And to be very honest with you, if you understand the way that kingdoms work, you're not, the father's not even the one that raises his kids. He has people that are there to raise his own kids. So you never know how much time David could have spent, in this case, with Adonijah or any of his other children. He had people that were paid to do that. I remember during the pandemic, I heard about a gentleman that was very wealthy from New York. He left New York to Florida because he knew that the rules were a little bit, you know, softer here. And he moved in uh, to the Ritz-Carlton in Key Biscayne. He rented a month of the penthouse in Key Biscayne in the Ritz-Carlton. And he decided to contact a person, a gentleman that I know, and decided to pay him very good money, very good money to take care of his children while he was here in Florida. He would pay him to take his kids to Chuck E. Cheese, to take them to the park, to drive them to Disney. He didn't want to be bothered with his kids. He was paying somebody to go ahead and take care of that. He has the money for it. But that gentleman was talking to one of my pastors, and he was saying that as he was driving along with those kids, how the kids would tell him, I wish I would be doing this drive with my dad and not with you. I wish I'd be spending this time with my dad and not with you. And he said that every day he would go to work and have to hear these kids complain about the relationship that they were having with their father. You see, sometimes money could get us things that are not all that good. And this guy's money was getting him something that was not all, not all that good. Why? Because he was replacing himself with somebody else for something that is his responsibility, something he needs to do. And King David could have found himself doing something like this. So the Bible says that Adonijah starts to declare himself king, but there's a problem. The problem is that according to Scripture, the person that was going to be king was not going to be Adonijah, it was going to be Solomon. 
So now you have a conflict between brothers and you have a conflict in a family and you have a conflict in the city and you have a conflict in the kingdom. Because one is going to be king, but the other one has never been disciplined or corrected by his dad to tell him, why do you do these kind of things? You see, the purpose of my message here with you guys this morning is to speak about some of the qualities that a good father should have in the life of their children. Some of the qualities that we need to have in the life of our children. I want to tell you fatherhood and motherhood, but fatherhood is a full-time job. There's no days off. You see, it's funny when you see the guy reading his book and the mom doing all those things. But in reality, there's no days off when you're a dad. There's no time to rest. You need to be completely engaged in the life of your children. You need to be knowing what's going on, what's happening who they're talking to, who they're relating with. Why? Because if you're going to raise up godly kids in the times that we're living, you need to be intentional. Oh, we're living crazy times. And I want to tell you something as we go into these points. Number one, write this down. A good father sees his children as his most valuable asset. As a father, I see my kids as my most important my most beautiful asset that God has put in my hands. I understand that I'm here to make sure that they walk in the purposes of God. I'm sure I'm here to make sure that they understand there's going to come a lot of things their way. But I need to make sure that they're walking, they're in tune, they're connected. It's not a disposable, it's not conditional. When you look at the scripture and you see a man like Abraham, everybody's heard about Abraham in the Bible, the father of the faith. He waited, I don't know how many years to have his son, Isaac. And I have a question for you. How indispensable and how important was Isaac for Abraham? Can you put a price tag on the head of Isaac for Abraham? You can't put a price tag on what Isaac meant. The promises of God for Abraham were through Isaac. And I want to tell you something. That's the way that we need to see our children. And men and women of God that are in here, that's the way that we need to see the next generation. As the most indispensable asset that we have. Because let me tell you something. Our time is ticking and it's running. We're not going to be here forever. There was a Gallup poll that was taken not too long ago, and they're saying that the generation that is being raised up today is the generation that least believes in God. And I want to say something. All the confusion that is going out there, gender identity, all this craziness and everything, what's going to happen in this nation 50 years from now when those kids that are growing up without fear of God are going to be the ones leading us? If we don't see them as our most important and valuable asset. And let me tell you something. It doesn't start in government. It doesn't start in the school. It doesn't start in the city. It starts at home. It starts at home. Oh, the dinner table conversations are so important. The car conversations are so important. When you're in the line and you're in one of those parks over there and you're like, this is like a two-hour line. Oh, that's a good moment for a conversation. What's going on? What's happening? 
You start to see your children as extremely valuable, as extremely valuable. And in the spirit, it's the same thing. All the ones that are pastors that were here, Pastor Max, Pastor Milton, Emma, my wife, Martha, all of us. That's why we're so engaged with the life of the people that God puts in our hearts and, and to walk with us. Because we understand, listen to what I'm going to say, that there's a purpose that God has for the lives of those that are around us. We don't want to waste your time. And I get up here every Sunday and I talk to you guys as a church about growth track. You think I don't have any other topic to talk to you guys about on Sunday? But I talk to you about growth track. You know why? Because I want you to walk in your purpose. I want you to walk in what God has designed you for. I want you to go after everything that he has for you with all your heart. So this is my, my growth track plug in the message. Pastor Max, Pastor Milton, here it is. First point of the teaching. If you haven't done your growth track, next Sunday is a wonderful day to start. I know that you guys love coming in here, listen to PC preach, all these things. But you know what? Give me one month of your life and go next door and do step one through four. Four weekends, that's all I need. Figure it out. It's going to be powerful. You're an important asset in the kingdom of God. Number two, a good father is not absentee. There's unconditional access. A good father is not absentee. There's unconditional access. My children at home know that there's unconditional access to me whenever they need to talk, whenever they need to spend time with me, whenever there's a conversation that needs to be had. There's unconditional access. There's no limits. There's no barriers. And you could be doing a hundred things. Maybe you just tell them, hey, just give me a second. I'll be with you in a, in a moment. But you need to give your children that feeling that they could come to daddy. They could come to their father. What happens when there's no father? What happens when the fathers are absentee? Well, it's found in the book of Lamentations, chapter 5, verse 1 through 6. This is what happens in a generation where there is no fathers, where there fathers are absent. Listen to the scripture. It says, Lord, remember what has happened to us. See how we have been disgraced. So not having a father there is a disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers. Why? Because the fathers are the ones that are supposed to pass the inheritance to their children. And if there's no fathers, you know what happens with the inheritance? It's going to go to the strangers. Our homes to foreigners. We are orphaned and fatherless. There you see the heart of the problem. Our mothers are widowed. The dads are nowhere to be found. We have to pay for water to drink. Now, I want you guys to see this in the context of those days, all right? Because now you and me get down in a gas station, we pay $2 for a, a, a bottle of water. But that never happened in my day. In my day, I would be playing basketball and I'm thirsty. I'm looking for a hose and I'm turning on the hose and I'm putting that hose in my mouth and I'm drinking water. You know what I'm talking about? My wife, when she sees me drinking water from a water fountain, she's like, what are you doing? You're going to get sick. Baby, I grew up drinking this kind of stuff. Those bacteria, when they see that water coming into my stomach, like, man, I haven't seen you in a while, you know? I ain't paying $2 for a water bottle. It's free water. I, got, I like that commercial, tap water in Miami. I'm like, yeah, baby. 
You know, I buy my water sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes I get a bottle and I just fill it with water. <laughs> and these guys here, back in those days, you weren't paying for water. You were drinking whatever water there was in a pond and this and that. And look what happens to those that have no fathers that said, we have to pay for our water to drink. And even our firewood. Why is firewood? To keep themselves warm. To have heat. They don't have heaters at home at night. Even our firewood is expensive. Those who pursue us are our heels. What does that mean? The enemy's coming and there's no protection. We are exhausted and given no rest. That's in the soul. We submitted to Egypt and Assyria to get enough food to survive. Assyria and Egypt were the enemies. And they're going to the enemy to try to get those things that they need. Isn't that what's happening today to the fatherless? I grew up listening to rap music. I grew up playing basketball, doing all these things. But let me tell you something. If the rappers of today, if the singers are today, if the movie stars of today are spending more time with their children than you, oh, there's a problem. I know that Drake came out with a, a music scene about two nights ago. Everybody was waiting for 12 o'clock at night because Drake was dropping an album. If your kids know the words of Drake more than Psalm 23, we have an issue. <laughs> My wife is laughing over there because she knows what is up. And I don't even want to talk about Disney. I was getting ready to go see Buzz Lightyear. I grew up on Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Don't take your kids to see Buzz Lightyear. Okay, it's the story, it's the backstory of how Buzz Lightyear ended up with, in Woody's house and the whole thing. And in that backstory, what happens is that Buzz's command, the person that gives him command, is a lesbian and is going after another girl. And they end up kissing in the movie and everything. Disney is gone. I told my wife, bye-bye Disney, no more money for Disney. I'll see Disney, I don't need Disney. And you're like, well, pastor, you don't need to put your views on me. Hey, listen, I'm going and I'm talking to you how we need to understand that our kids are our most valuable asset and the values that we're giving them and what we're showing them in the times that we're living. Don't expose them to all the crazy things that are happening in this world and be truthful and talk to them. The first thing that comes up when you turn on that, that, uh, that Disney app is the whole thing of Pride Month. And my little ones were asking, Daddy, what is that? I had to sit down and talk to them. I'm like, guys, don't worry. If you click there, there's some shows that are not good because they're going completely against what God's design is for us. And it was a good moment to have what? A conversation with them. You guys understand what I'm telling you? If I don't tell you these things, guys, I don't know if you're going to hear them on the radio or not. So I'm coming here and I'm telling you things straight up. It's important. Number three, a good father corrects character issues. A good father corrects character issues. You see, going back to that verse with David and Adonijah, it said that David never corrected his son. David never asked them, hey, why are you doing this? I have my daughter taking pictures of me. Honey, let me just make sure I take a good picture here, Dad. All right. 
You know how much time I spend with these guys talking to them about their character issues and the stuff? And I ask them, what's happening? What's going on? What's your password for your phone? Like, we don't need to give you password. You better give me all your passwords. i to see what's going on in there. Character issues. Guys, because we only have one shot at this. There's no retake. There's no do-over. You need to be relentless. Listen to what I'm going to say, guys. You need to be relentless like a doctor when he finds cancer on somebody. You need to get on top of that thing immediately. As a father, when you see character issues on one of your sons or daughters, and in the spirit as well, if they're left unchecked, you know what's going to end up happening? It's going to kill them. You know how Adonijah ended up his life? Dead. And it says that he followed Absalom, which was David's first son. You know how David's first son ended up? Dead. There's no greater pain for a person than to have to put one of their kids to rest. That's not the way of life. Kids put us to rest. And David went through all this pain because he never corrected his children. Let me tell you guys something. Sometimes the greatest love is to correct. Sometimes the greatest love is to correct. When I tell my kid, hey, listen, you might not understand why I'm doing this, but I'm doing this because I love you. There's nobody here on earth that loves you more. We need to correct some things. If you don't correct it now, it's going to destroy their marriage. It's going to destroy their lives. It's going to destroy their family. It's going to destroy their calling. You better start correcting dads. Very important. Number four, a good father allows his children to make mistakes for training. What does that mean? One of the things I tell my kids is like, I don't expect you guys to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Actually, I'd rather them make mistakes in front of me. Because if they make the mistakes in front of me, what could I do? I could correct. If they're making the mistakes behind my back, I don't see what's going on. And you know what? Sometimes it's important that you give them the freedom to make choices, even though you know what's right and wrong. You know what? There comes a moment that you have to trust the work that you've done in them. And you got to take a couple of steps back and see how they're going to choose and what they're going to be doing and how they're going to be acting. And then after they do their whole thing, then you come in and it's like, okay, let's talk about this situation that happened here. Let's talk about these choices. I call that wheel time. And that's how you're getting ready to drive already. I can't wait for you to start driving. You're going to be driving me around, baby. All right? It's going to be like driving Miss Daisy, you know? She's going to be sitting in the front drive. I'm going to sit in the back. I'm not even going to sit next to her. Because if I sit next to her, I might be like, step on the gas, step on the, you know, I might drive her crazy, you know? So I'll sit in the back, check my emails or whatever I got to do. But you know what we got to do with our children? Sometimes you got to give them wheel time. You got to let them take the wheel. How many of you dads remember when you were teaching your kids to ride bike? Remember that time? And you put them on that bicycle and you turn it, take off them training wheels and off, you, off they go. And I heard my wife like, ah, they're going to get scraped, this and that. I'm like, it's part of the game, you know? 
they're gonna get scraped. You got the band-aids ready? You got some alcohol? No alcohol, no alcohol's great. My dad, alcohol, I can poner alcohol, eso resuelve todo. You know, it solves everything. It's part of learning to drive, it's part of learning to ride a bike. You're gonna fall sometimes. But you know what? All my kids know how to drive bike. All my kids know how to swim. Now I didn't let them drown, all right? They're all alive, all four of them. I could account for them this morning. You gotta give them wheel time. You gotta let them, okay, figure things out, all right? Number five, we're getting, coming to a close here. A good father is totally committed to his children's success. A good father is totally committed to his children's success. How many dads? Once again, the dads, raise your hand. Milton, you want your kids to be better than you and Marta? Oscar, let's see, you want your kids to be better than you guys? Mike, you want little Mikey to be better than you? Max, you want your kids to be better? Every good father wants his kids to rise higher and go further to have better success. Today's eight years that I don't have my dad on Father's Day, it still hurts. Every morning I get up on Father's Day and my wife and my kids, happy Father's Day, Daddy. There's still this little hole here. I miss my dad. But I gotta thank him for wishing that his son went further than him. I remember my dad getting up sometimes so early that by the time I would get up, he was already gone working. And when you would shake my, hand, my dad's hand, bro, it's like if you were shaking a brick, all calloused, cut. Bro, they were like three times the size of my hands. He'd be carrying brick. He, he worked construction. Carrying bricks building houses, doing all these things. And I remember having conversations with my dad when I was picking a college to go to. And when I told him that I felt that I had a calling from God over my life and I wanted to be a pastor, you know what he asked me? I'll be completely honest with you guys. You know what he asked me? Are you going to make money like that? <laughs> Are you going to make money as a pastor? And I'm like, I'm living by faith. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, I've worked too hard all my life to put you in a position to succeed for you to end up worse off than I am. Are they going to pay you well as a pastor? Because every father's concern is what? That their kids make it and they make it better. Now, if you have an issue with competition in your son, then you're not a real dad. Even in the spirit. I want my spiritual sons to go further than When I come back and they tell me, hey bro, these guys preached and they killed it. You know what it causes in me? It doesn't say, oh man, I'm afraid, man, they're gonna take my position. I'm like, bro, I'm gonna take about two more weeks off, man. These guys are doing, guys doing a great job.
A father wants his children's success. The same way that your heavenly father has planned out your success. You see, you're not here by coincidence. You have a heavenly father that has drawn up the plan. Now, the funny thing is that he doesn't give you the whole plan. You're supposed to walk by faith. And that's a shift that we need to make because a lot of times we want to know what step A, step B, step C is. And God is like, listen, I'm here for you. I want your greatest success, but you're going to have to trust me. And God puts us to take steps that sometimes are crazy, guys. Sometimes it's crazy what our Heavenly Father puts us to do. But you always got to understand in your heart, listen to this, that He has what's best in mind for you. He's not going to crush you. He's not going to destroy you. So today as we celebrate fathers, there's a father that we need to celebrate. The best dad that we could have. Our Heavenly Father. The one that you said that even though mother or father forsake you, He will never forsake you. He will always be there. And I don't know what issue you might be having on this Father's Day. I don't know if you're here sitting down and you're like, man, I, Pastor, I wish my dad would have done all those things in my life because he wasn't there. Or maybe you're like, oh, dad was good. Dad didn't even know the Lord the way that, and, and he, check, check, check. Or maybe you're a dad and you're here this morning. I'm like, man, I better get these things right. Maybe you're a mom in this room a single mom. And I have, my heart goes out to single moms because single moms have to do the job of two. And moms, let me tell you something, those that are single moms that are out there and raising up, you know, godly children, I commend you for the work that you're doing. It's hard to raise kids, dad and mom. Imagine a mom by themselves or a dad by yourself. There's dads that have done a great job too. But I'm here to close this morning. And I had two other points. I'm just going to give them to you. Write them down. This is homework. Your homework. A good father models Christ's character and never brings reproach upon his children. That's for homework. That's six and seven. A good father is proud of his children and always gives them affirmation. Always gives them affirmation. So fathers in the room today, those watching online, today I want to challenge you to walk in these characteristics. This is not trying to be perfect. But you know what? As you take these notes down, I want you to do an inventory. Say, how am I walking? How am I doing? Well, what's going on in my life? And you know what? Those that are physical children, spiritual children, they're going to be blessed as you improve, as you get better. But today, as I close, I really believe that the Heavenly Father wants to do something in your heart and seal this word that we're talking. I see many faces here in front of me today. And as I look at you guys, and I, I know some of the challenges and problems and situations that you faced or maybe are going through right now, I want to tell you that there's a Heavenly Father that is there with you. He's there. And on this Father's Day, you know what? He's the best dad that you could have. 
One day I was with Pastor Max in a retreat in Okeechobee. And Pastor Max, we were working through some of the issues that he was going through in his life and his heart. And I remember I sat down with him and I told him, you know, you have a privilege that I don't have. He goes, which is that, Pastor? And I'm like, you get to see God in a different light than I see him. He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I've always had my dad there. I've always had my mom there. But the absence of your mom and your dad have made you cling on to God and learn aspects about God and deepen a relationship with him that I'm never going to have. You remember that day? And I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants to deepen that father relationship with each and every one of you guys in this room, each and every one of you guys watching online. So today I ask you, how's your relationship with Daddy God today? How's your relationship with Him? I want you to close your eyes there for a second. If we're talking about good fathers, He is the good father. He is the good father. I want you just to close your eyes this morning. And I just want you to ponder on that question that I just gave you. How's your relationship with your Heavenly Father today, now? Let's go into this worship. fails all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head I will see of the goodness of God And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am made I will see of the goodness of God I love your voice you have led me through the fire In darkest nights You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend Oh, I have lived In the goodness of God
closed you can't outrun God and his goodness is running after you so today why don't you stop running and let him catch you let his goodness catch up to you and let him be that good father to do that work in your life that he's planned out to do this morning, if you are there, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart. And you maybe have father wounds in your heart. Maybe absentee dads, like I was asking before, or maybe harsh words. And Father's Day is not a good day for you. I want you today to come to your Heavenly Father and just surrender to Him. And even if you've had a good dad there that's been present, maybe you've gone through a season of challenges. Just raise your hands to your Abba Father. That's what Jesus called him, Abba, Daddy. You raise your hands to your Daddy God and said, Thank you. Thank you for always being there. Thank you for never leaving me, never forsaking me. Thank you because you're working your goodwill in my life. Thank you because even though I don't know where all this is going, I can trust that you are a good Father. And that I am in the best hands that I could be. Father, I pray over everybody in this room, everybody watching online right now. I thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives. Lord, you've promised to start off a work in us and finish it to the day of Jesus Christ. We are all in the race, my God. Daddy, God, make yourself real to my brothers, to my sisters, to each person in this room. Make yourself real in this Father's Day and heal whatever needs to be healed. Whatever's broken that needs to be healed, do it now, Lord. I pray you would work in the depths of their heart today. 
I speak words of comfort, words of love, words of affirmation, that they would know, Daddy God, that you're looking at them and you're proud of your sons and daughters. Not because of anything we do, Lord, but because of what your son Jesus did for us on the cross. And right there with your eyes closed, maybe you're in this room this morning and you've never ever experienced God as a father. Maybe you see him as God, as Lord, you see him distant. But today he wants to go a little deeper into a relationship of father and son, of father and daughter. How does that happen? Very easy, by inviting Jesus Christ into your heart and receiving him as your Lord and Savior. Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus came to pay for your sins and my sins so that we could be called children of God. And today, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you become a son or daughter of God and all your sins are forgiven. And if that is you, and you want to make that decision today, I want to lead you in a prayer right there. Whether you're here, whether you're watching online, just close your eyes. You're going to repeat with me. And you're going to say, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to live a perfect life and die for me on the cross. Today I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. Today I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, I recognize that you rose on the third day to give me eternal life, which I receive right now, a relationship with my heavenly Father. That is eternal life, and I thank you for it. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit and let me live the life that you have for me. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for our Lord this morning. Come on, give him a big round of applause. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.